0: Here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. Today's special guest, Craig Archibald, author of The Actor's Mindset, Acting as a Craft, Discipline, and Business, says there are five simple yet powerful strategies that are vital to handling a crisis. To quote Craig, I live and work in the crisis capital of the world, Hollywood, where people's fortunes can turn on a dime. Early on my own career as an actor, I experienced a heartbreaking setback that taught me one of the most important lessons of my life. No matter how well you're doing, a crisis will happen. So best to make a plan for dealing with it. Archibald is a writer writer. Director, producer, actor, coach, and now author, with a roster of A-listers as well as aspiring stars, whose professional career began at 15 and includes award-winning film and television productions. The founder of Archibald Studio, he's worked with countless actors. With his powerful strategies for success across into every field, he is a passionate. Mentor, and we're lucky to have him with us today. Good morning, Craig, and welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Randy. Hi.
0: Hi. So um, today we're not going to be talking so much about what it, what acting um, requires, what all the details of how to act and how to function in the world of. Hollywood and you know, which is where you are. Um, We're going to talk about really what you've learned from all of this if you boil it down. And that really is that we must have resiliency in life, right?
1: Absolutely. Resiliency is everything. I mean, having the courage to make actions, to take actions in your day, actions that are going to move you forward and make you a better person and improve your life. Taking those steps, those small little steps, that is what resilience is, is to every day stepping forward and saying, I'm going to hang in there and and follow my game plan to make my life better. And that's exactly what it's all about, really, is is living into the best life we can. And it does cross over from the work that I do with actors into everyday life. And my actors find that their everyday lives get better the more that we work uh, towards those goals
0: yes and and what i found um, well I found a lot interesting in your book the actor 's Mindset, but you know what I found is that we would think that going to an audition uh, and putting your best foot forward and then being rejected could really set you back, and that it really is a personal uh rejection actually. Um, and in your book, you talk about why it's not. And maybe, maybe you could just go through that a little bit um, as to why an audition rejection is not truly a rejection, but it could be a very good thing.
1: Sure. And this crosses over into people that are looking for a job and don't get the job, or if they're looking for a promotion and they don't get the promotion. You know, taking the effort to put yourself out there to take the action to move forward and to change your life is what it's all about. So anybody that does an audition is doing that. They're taking that, that opportunity to take a step forward and to say, hey, I think that I have value and I want to add value to your television program or your film or to your company or to your business. I'm, I, I believe in myself enough to make this step forward. And that alone is a major part of succeeding and being in a successful mindset. You may not get that job. You may not get that part. You may not get that promotion. But what you did do was you took a step forward in your mind. You told yourself you were of that value. And that step forward, even though you may not get it, is the first step forward to the next time that you succeed and also don't forget this Randy it's a big deal people don't forget good people and when you show up prepared focused in the moment connected and and in in your Whatever the field is, if you're an actor, you're in the, the, the scene. If you're uh, promoting something as a salesperson, you're in the sales pitch. If you are uh, going for a job, then you're in, inside the, what you need to uh, express as your abilities to do that job. If you do that from your heart with integrity and you use the best of yourself, people recognize quality. People recognize integrity. And even though you might not be the right person for this job, there's always another job tomorrow. And people talk to each other as well. They say, hey, you know, I'm looking for someone. Oh, I just met this person. Uh, I'll give you their information. They were great. They weren't right for me, but they're right for you. In the casting world, a good actor is worth their weight in gold and the casting offices keep drawers full of good actors in each compartment of description. So for young African-American males below the age of 20 or older Caucasian ladies over 50, they'll keep a file of the good actors that have come into the room well-prepared, in the moment, beautifully connected to their emotions, and truthful, and in their integrity. So that every time a role like that comes up for those people, They'll call them back in. And if you get fans of your work, I call it a garden. You're you're building a garden across the world of people that like who you are and what you sound like and what you bring to the table. And if you continually spread that garden, go back into that office for a second time, water water the seed that you planted the first time, pluck the little roots that are around it that are growing in its way, and clear the sun for it to shine, people can see the value. And as long as you stay in integrity with yourself, it will show up as integrity for other people. No matter what line of work you're in, no matter where you are, people recognize that and people appreciate it and they won't forget it.
0: That's really, really great advice. How do we keep our ego out of these things? Because rejection is rejection Um, uh, and it's very difficult. Uh, Unless you've been in a field like acting where, Rejection is, um, is quite the norm, at, at least in the beginning when you're building up your, your resume. So how do we keep our ego out of what we think is failure?
1: Well, I have two answers for that. The first one is a simple um, idea that I live by and that my clients live by. It, it's very simple. It's, it's make everything make you better. And it's sort of a dictum that we use here at my studio so that people take the negatives and learn to use them and turn them into positives. Really what we're talking about here is changing your mindset from the victim mindset w- set where you are feeling attacked or you're feeling judged or you're feeling rejected. Taking those emotions, acknowledging them as real, but then asking yourself the question, how can I make this make me better? How can I turn this around so that every negative can turn into a positive? And if you learn how to do that, you become a champion. You change your mindset from victim mindset to champion mindset. The other thing that you asked about the ego is how do we keep our ego out of it? It, I have found, and I recommend, meditation. Because meditation, which is not necessarily uh, a religious event, a lot of people uh, get scared of meditation because they think it has something to do with religion. It's not about religion. It's about spirituality. And meditation is the practice of letting your thoughts go. And that's whether they're positive thoughts or negative thoughts. It's teaching your brain how to let thoughts go. When you focus on your breath, when you focus on your mantra, for 20 minutes at a time, A couple times a day or once a day even five minutes you start to get a new muscle in your brain and that is the ability to let go of thoughts and this is the separation between the ego part of the brain and the spiritual side of the brain and we all know the spiritual side of the brain right we all have we love when the Sun is setting and the music is playing and we're laughing with our friends and everything's great we're in full, wonderful spiritual place, going for a long walk in the beautiful nature or along the seaside. You know, that's when you're feeling great about life. You're positive. You're feeling healthy. That's the nice zone. But then those little ego ideas start creeping in. Why did that happen? Why did they say that? Why do I feel this way? Why didn't I get the part? Why didn't I get the raise? What's wrong with me? Why did they treat me that way? And I need to be better. I want to be the best. I need to. I need. I need. I need. I need. And that's where the ego comes in. Once you train your brain through either make everything make you better or through meditation or through both, you start to understand yourself. You start to see your brain as an organ in your body that helps you and keeps you safe and gives you wisdom and gives you guidance and makes good decisions. But you also recognize that there are parts of your brain that aren't necessarily the healthiest for you at different times. Of course, an ego is super important for a performer to be able to get out there in front of that camera or to get out there in front of that audience or a public speaker or any people that are are standing up publicly. You have to have a sense of self and a sense of ego. But you also don't want to be all ego. You also want to have a sense of humanity, a sense of compassion. The actors that we really love in the world, the Tom Hanks and the Meryl Streeps, the Viola Davises, we love those actors because they are strong enough to allow us to see their vulnerability. And when, when they are strong enough to do that, we trust their performance. We believe that they are the character that they're performing. And there's a connection in vulnerability between human beings that's gorgeous because everybody's vulnerable. Everybody gets vulnerable Being able to allow yourself to show that vulnerability in a public way is difficult at first, but once you taste it, it's freeing. And you understand that it's actually an ace on your side. It isn't a negative, it's a positive. So if you're able to use that victim of make everything make you better, or meditation, you're going to be able to understand your ego is screaming, and you're going to be able to understand, wait a second, my ego is screaming, I understand my ego is screaming, I'm going to take a breath, I'm going to meditate and let go of that ego as much as I can, I'm going to think of my meditation, I think of my mantra, I think of, uh, listen to my breathing, Focus on a small point and whatever your meditation practice is. And there's many out there and they do not have to be religious. You can find ways to make it a spiritual thing. That is really a great training tool to getting yourself to learn how to let your ego go enough to the point that you don't get emotionally wrapped up and disturbed and get all worked up and need to act out in a way that's negative or to treat yourself a certain way or to treat other people a bad way. You can take it on and you can see yourself for who you really are, a vulnerable, beautiful human being who has flaws but also has greatness. And you can see that you may have been treated badly by someone. Someone might have said something negative to you. A friend might, might have been really mean to you unnecessarily. Maybe there's a confusion. But if you stay in that ego zone, you're going to stay in the fight. But as soon as you get yourself out of the ego zone, you're going to be much more comfortable, much more uh, clearer in your perspective of what's actually going on. And when you can see it prospectively in a clearer way, you step back, you see it for what it is. It loses its sharpness and its hardness and its pain, and you're able to let it go. Eventually, I tell my clients that they should give themselves a good day to be sad that they didn't get the part. You know, go ahead. Be (laughs) upset. You know, be upset for a few hours that you didn't get it. Go ahead. Just don't drink heavily or treat anybody badly or, you know, don't do negative things. But feel your feelings. Your, Your feelings are valid. But the next day, get up, get back into your morning practice, get back into your day and get yourself going.
0: And this is resiliency, really. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. That's you really what that, it
1: is. Yep.
0: You said that so well. You really did. Um, and, you know, and as, as you're saying, um, giving us th- this beautiful advice, you know, I'm thinking about my clients who have, uh, are coming out of abusive relationships and um, feel like they're the only person in the world that's, you know, suffered this way because it is very, uh, it feels very personal. And, it's, this is something that's really epidemic. A lot of people are going through the same thing. But one thing that keeps my clients stuck in their pain is exactly what you said, that rumination of thought. Well, I did this, mm-hmm. and then they did that, but why did that happen? And maybe if I did it different, I mean, and you start thinking about every possibility, and it keeps mm-hmm. you stuck in the pain. It does. Right. If we, when you can't let go of those thoughts, you stay stuck in the pain. So um, that you know that really applies well to the work that I do as well.
1: Wonderful. What if you?
0: Yeah. What if you learn through your, um, you know, whatever it is, whether you're applying for a job or uh, auditioning for a part or whatever. Do you sometimes learn that maybe you're not in the right field?
1: I suppose you could, Randy. I mean, that's possible. You know, I think that uh, you could look at your life and say, wait a second, what am I doing? I think, you know, I think if people don't sit down with themselves and do self-introspection and um, go through what I call the big why, why am I living my life? What is it that I'm doing? What do I want to create? What's my purpose on the planet? Where do I want to be? And how do I want to live my life? And what kind of life do I want? If you haven't sat down and asked yourself those questions... That's really important. And I think that having that knowledge of asking yourself those questions, why am I here? Why do I want to do this job? Why do I feel that I'm part of this industry and that I have a calling to this industry? Because most of us have some sort of calling to an industry, whether we want to help others, whether we want to be in the legal you know, profession, whether you want to be a storyteller, People have callings, and it's a natural thing. And for people that feel there might be listeners right now that say, I just don't have a calling, then I say, go find one. Travel, read, find what your points of interest are. Look at your day and see where you're happiest. Where you're happiest is probably where your calling is. And so when you find that calling and when you know who you are, you can follow through with that. Now, as you said, sometimes you feel like you've got this calling and you go into this job application or into this interview or into this audition and it's not a good situation and you are confronted by the fact that you didn't get something, you didn't, you didn't succeed. And that confrontation can be damaging if you aren't prepared with some sort of crisis management thought process. And so I I have all my clients do a lot of work on crisis management. And crisis management is something that's great for everybody because we are all going to get crisis in every day of life, right? Like I call it arrows. I say that you're going to get hit by arrows every day, little tiny arrows sometimes. You know, oops, I dropped my cell phone and the glass cracked. Or big arrows of, oh, my goodness, a loved one is in the hospital, right? So we can have a variety of arrows. If you haven't prepared yourself and thought in advance, what am I going to do if I have a crisis management plan here for those arrows? If you haven't done that, then I highly recommend that you do that. And the way to do that is to look at yourself and see, how am I my best? when are the things that can help me be my best people like a solid friend that I can talk to a sibling that understands me um, activities that will take me out of myself and make me feel better about myself for example I I call mine my M's that because they all happen to start with the letter M but I love to meditate I love music I love the movies I love Malibu Uh, I live in California obviously (laughs) And so I will go to one of my M's. I'll say, which one of my M's can I go to? I love massage. And and, and my therapist just happens to have the name of Maureen. So there's, <laughs> you know, I can go to any of my M's to give myself my crisis management moment of what can I do to make myself feel better so that I'm prepared for this, this crisis so that when it happens, I'm able to clearly have an action plan that I can follow. Now, you know, suffering from a loss, that's a different kind of grief. That's a different kind of uh, deep uh, life moment. But I think if you prepare yourself for the possibility that you're going to lose loved ones, then you'll have a way to go through that process that you've prepared for yourself from a balanced place before you're in that pain. When you're in the pain, then it's really hard to figure out where you are. And your, your, your mind does get a little bit crazy with overactivity, overthinking, and over listening to conversations over and over again. I could have, should have, would have. And I think that there's an element of pre-planning in our lives that you can be smart by being ahead of the game.
0: You're so right. And you have five simple yet powerful strategies that are vital to handling a crisis. So the first yes. one is admit failure. Tell us about yes. that.
1: Well, admitting failure, <clears throat> pardon me, is the first step. You know, I, sometimes we will say, oh, I didn't fail. It was them. Oh, it's not me. It's them. They're stupid. That was dumb on their part. You know what? If you can have the humility to be able to say, I didn't succeed there. I For something... for some reason, I didn't succeed, right? And you you can look at it, you know, you can look at it from a sports perspective too. You either win or lose, right? Life isn't black and white and there can be grays in everything. And when you're able to acknowledge those black and whites, you're able to see what you can learn from the situation that you would do differently next time. And you can learn where you were not wrong and maybe they were wrong. And that's fine. And as long as you were in in integrity with yourself, you're going to be in a much better place. So the first step to overcoming a crisis is to admit it, just to admit that there was a failure and to be human, to be vulnerable and to allow yourself to just be in that truth. That's the first step.
0: You know, and to be able to do that, um, you've got to, not have a fear of judgment and you have to be self-validating um because if you're always worried about how people are going to see you it's very difficult to ever understand how you failed at something right exactly
1: yep yes self-validation is everything right being able to see things clearly and not needing someone else to say yes you were good being able to say to yourself I did my best and I know I did my best or you know what I wasn't prepared that day I didn't I didn't have my good sleep I didn't follow my my program that makes me my best you know I really encourage my clients to to figure out and everybody's different so this is where it's difficult for us as coaches is to guide our, our clients into the place that they can find their best self and that means finding things like a morning practice that works for you or an evening practice that works or both that work for you, which means that you're aware of yourself and you know how you work so that you can be aware and be in integrity with yourself so that you can self-validate. You don't need anybody else to tell you how good or how how well you've done. You can look at the situation. You can diagnose it and process it, and then you can seek your validation from yourself and be able to say, hey, you know, what I did was pretty good. I mean, any of us that have put works of art out into the world or, you know, say you wrote a book or say you um, created a, a beautiful painting that you really love, when you're in the art, in the, in the practice of creating something from yourself, whether it's a speech or a sales pitch or any time you're putting your personal stamp on something, Anytime that you're there, that zone of creativity is the gold zone because that's when you are feeling 100% connected to your soul. And that's your soul side of your brain, not your ego brain. That's your soul. So when you're writing that pitch or when you're creating that document or writing that book or whatever it is that you're creating, that creative zone is when you're in your element. And that's the feeling that will give you the the boundaries for your own self-validation. As soon as you step outside of that and wonder what people think about your work, then you're allowing yourself to be judged. And if you do that without having some sort of plan in place to protect yourself and to protect that golden zone because it really is important to be protected, if you don't have a plan in place, then you're going to get hurt because what people say is going to matter. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, it's lovely. It's lovely to win awards and it's lovely to get praise and, oh, wonderful. We got a wonderful review and I got the job. And that's the easy part in life. Getting the good news, that's easy. That's fun. That's celebrating. That's the fun part. It's the other side that's hard. And so that's the place that I focus on making sure that you have a plan. It's like I mentioned earlier with the crisis management. If you don't have a crisis management plan, you don't have a way of working with the little arrows that are going to come in every day. And a lot of people, which is the victim mindset, a lot of people want, want no arrows. They're like, please, can I just get through the day without an arrow? Please, no arrows. I can't take them. No more arrows, right? That is the victim mindset. And the victim mindset is something that a lot of people learn when they're young. Because the victim gets a lot of attention. Mom and dad come over and give you a hug. The teacher gives you special attention. The professor says, here, come on in. I'll help you with your program. And people come and help you when you're a victim. And so there is a a negative side to that, which is there are some people that can be attracted to that reimbursement of, it's okay, you're a good person. And that makes them more and more and more a victim. If you can change that into a champion mindset, <clears throat> excuse me again, uh, the champion mindset is the mindset where we want you to be living. And so it's take all the negatives and learn how to make them positives and come back to that.
0: So well said. Wow. Okay. I asked a simple question and you give such a great answer. Thank you. Thank you. The, so the second, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> the second, wait, did I do... Um, did I do get excited about a setback yet? Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't think. No, that's the second one. You haven't okay, done so that. Okay, so that's no.
0: the second one. Get excited about yeah. a setback. How do you get
1: excited mm-hmm. about a setback? Well, why would anyone want to embrace failure, right? Because it's a learning experience. And it often provides invaluable lessons that you can take with you through the rest of your life, right? Being afraid of failure stops you from growing and can block your creativity and the natural instincts that enable you to perform at your best. And this, is, this goes for any field, anybody. Being a, a true professional means eradicating your fear of making mistakes. And, you know, surprisingly to some, when you give yourself the freedom to mess something up, you are far less likely to do so.
0: <laughs> That's so true. That yeah. really is true. Yeah. Um, control and perfectionism um, are really a uh, hindrance in our lives in so many different ways. You know, when when mm. we feel, um, I find that um, my clients who who have that need or, just um, this tendency to want to make sure they've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. Um, I think that when things don't go well, it's very, it's even harder for them because they feel like they've put everything into it and why, you know, and, and then they feel victimized because why is the universe doing this to me when I have tried so diligently to, to get this right? right.
1: Right. And that's why we want to embrace it and turn, turn it into a positive, right? Turning the negative again into positives and being able to see things clearly as, as something that you can learn from. Learn the lesson. Admit the failure. Be a vulnerable human being. We're all vulnerable. We're all human beings. Go ahead. Learn the lesson.
0: And this is Earth School. So that's what we're here to do. This is the, this is the hardest university we will ever attend
1: exactly <laughs> and that's part of that's i think this is part that's what life is right it's, mm-hmm. it's the the learning of these 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 lessons and now you know we talk like this you and i randy we're we're, we're people that have been in it we've been in the trenches we've been learning this we 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 focused on this usually because we have the problems too, you know, (laughs) and we're, we're certainly not perfect. Right. We, I go through, I, I I get arrows every single day of my life and there are times when I don't handle those arrows perfectly. Right. And I'm here, I am talking to you being all like, I know how to handle this. I know how to be a champion, not a, not a victim, but you know, I have mornings or afternoons where things go wrong and frustrations rise and more arrows come in and more arrows come in and you just want to say, Hey, Give me a break. I've had enough arrows for one day. And then a bigger arrow comes in. And you're, just, <laughs> you're just overwhelmed by it. So it isn't like you and I are some special beings that know everything and can live fabulous, special lives. No, we just know how to handle it when it happens. And we know how to handle it because we thought about it. And the people that are listening to this podcast are the people that are interested in finding out how do I live a better life? How do I live a happier life? And here we are trying to find our way through it. We're all just messy human beings. We're all finding our way through it. Some of us have had experiences that have taught us lessons, and people like you and I are here to help other people grow and learn from the lessons that we've learned.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I tell people, you know, I don't want to be a therapist. I don't want to guide them and, and be someone that they rely on. I want them to have the tools for living where they can graduate from working with me and they know how to do it. Because when you don't have the tools for living, life is, you could be very fearful of life. It seems like everything is out to get you. Um, So this is such a really, these points are so important, Craig. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I agree. uh, Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Sorry, I was just going to jump in on that. I, I, what I tell my clients here is don't guru me. Don't turn me into a guru, right? Because people want, you know, it's natural. Look, listen, at the end of the day, Randy, we're just a bunch of people that are floating on a rock in space, Yes. right? That's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're floating on a rock, and none of us really know the answers. And so there is a natural human element of fear. We're all floating on a rock and we don't know what it means. And we won't know what it means until we leave the planet. So we really are lost in this place of, and you know, we, we, we put down stakes in the ground. We say, this is how we handle people. And the world religions have been very helpful in trying to define commandments that help us find our way to living our best lives. And most of the world religions try to do that. And that's, the, that's why they're good. The problem is that some of them disagree with each other, and that causes a lot of pain and a lot of war, right? But putting someone above you is a natural thing. It's a human event. We've always created icons. We've always created royalty. We've always created movie stars. We've always created people that are bigger than us because they make us feel safe. The queen is in control, therefore we are okay tonight. We can sleep safe because the country is being guarded by the queen. So we create those things naturally out of fear, right? The problem is if you put someone on a pedestal way up above you, the problem is that you're going to be disappointed because that person is in as much fear as you are. And eventually they're going to be disappointing to you because they aren't who you thought they were. So if you guru someone or if you think that someone is so special, eventually they're going to be human and eventually they are going to let you down and then you're going to be flattened by that because you thought they were perfect. But if you understand that we're all just swimming in the same water, we're all doing the best that we can, no matter what our political party is, and our country needs so much healing from the political upheaval we've been going through. We need to accept each other and, and, and allow each other to have our points of view without violence, without negativity, without turning into a, a fight and allowing ourselves to find our way to have these tools for living that help us make it through.
0: yes yes absolutely absolutely um what was i going to say yeah i mean i agree with you with that guru thing because um anyone that i've ever seen that follows a guru always ends up very disappointed very disappointed Mm -hmm. it's just never what they uh build it up to be and you're right i mean you and I, i i mean i'm fallible i got here through Lots of mistakes, lots of them, um, you know, which is how we can have that hindsight and we can look back and we can see exactly where we came from and how we got here. Um, so the third one is fall fast and move on.
1: Yes. Actually, I, I, it's, it's actually fail fast and move on. But go ahead. <laughs> fall fast, too. That's fine with me. Wait, no, wait. This comes uh, from- fail
0: fast. Right. I, I spelled that wrong. Okay. Fail fast and move on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you can say fall fast, too, because it's almost the same meaning. So but but my my term is fail fast and move on. I have a I have a sister who is a vice president of a large Canadian fashion company. And we were talking one day, you know, and, and I didn't really see a lot of connectivity between our jobs until she said, you know, we encourage our staff to fail fast. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, if, if you're going to try something that could possibly fail, do it quickly so that you get to the success sooner, right? <laughs> well, and this, this practice applies to everyone, so that when you fail fast, you can move on faster, right? So don't, don't hesitate in your action. Be specific, take that action, practice the integrity of accepting responsibility, and you'll be amazed at how fast your good moral code rebounds to serve you in the most unpredictable and positive ways, because... Being in integrity with yourself on a regular basis, having your process and being in integrity with yourself, integrity brings integrity. Integrity brings solidity. Integrity brings respect from others. Integrity, most importantly, brings respect From yourself to yourself so go ahead if you have an idea do it try it make it go for that job do that thing and if it fails great you'll learn that it didn't work and you'll learn a lesson from it and you'll be on to the next thing that you're trying faster so if you're if you're feeling penned in by life and that you're not going anywhere and your life is sort of a miserable cycle of the same thing over and over again take a look at it Make choices for change. Take steps towards that change and don't be afraid to fail. Fail fast and move on. Love it. But,
0: um, the fourth one is practice risk management. And we talked yes. about that earlier, but you can, um, you can share um, some thoughts on that too.
1: Yeah, well, it's just returning to what I said earlier. If you don't have a crisis management plan in place, you need one. And you can just sit down and you can just say, okay, what do I do when I'm faced with a crisis? When when have I faced a crisis and really handled it well? What did I do that time? When have I been faced with a crisis and I didn't handle it well? What can I do differently, right? I mean, if you think of all of the industries that are out there, every business in the world has a crisis management plan. Let's take someone like McDonald's. You know, everybody knows McDonald's. Well, McDonald's has a risk management department, I'm sure. There's a group of lawyers that are working on it constantly, getting ready for any emergency, like, oh, let's say a worldwide pandemic, right? (laughs) They had to have ideas in place so that they could respond to the problem. So let's say that McDonald's has hamburger buns. Well, yeah, sure, they have hamburger buns, but maybe they don't get them all from the same source in case there's some sort of problem at that source. So they will have similar different companies creating their buns, but in case there's a problem at one uh, factory, then they'll move on to another. Most of the great successful companies in the world have teams of people that think in advance Okay, what if this happens, what are we going to do? If that happens, what are we going to do? In Hollywood, the best producers are the ones that think in advance about a problem that could happen and prepare for that problem before it happens. So that's the idea behind practicing risk management. And you can do it in your house. You know, It's like risk management. Where do we put the knives so they're safe? That's risk management. How do we make sure that we always turn the stove off? That is risk management because you're taking away the possibility of a fire or of a child cutting themselves when they put their hand in a cutlery drawer. That's a simple example of risk management. So we do it all the time. The more you do it, the better you get at it.
0: So true. You know, you were talking about, um, about future, you know, the crises in the future and how am I going to deal with this and everything. Um, it's one of the things that uh, my clients usually say to me in the very, very beginning. And I say, what are your Mm -hmm. concerns? You know, and they tell me their concerns, but one of the major concerns that people have are, well, when this happens, how am I going to do this? When I have to run into this person, how am I going to do that? When I have to see this person at a family affair, how am I going to do that? You know, what if I run into this person on the street and I say, you will have the tools. This is what we're doing here. What we're doing here is I don't want you to worry about those things because when they happen, you will have the tools, and you will know how to do it, and you don't have to think about it right now and worry about it. You just need to work on yourself and gain those tools. So um, that's, that's how I was able to relate it to my work.
1: I agree completely that I, I'm 100% on, with, on board with you with that one for sure.
0: Right. And so number five is rebound with
1: confidence. Right. So this <laughs> is about resilience, right? This is, this, this is about, you know, um, you know, how do we be resilient? And, and how do you rebound and, and, and be a great leader or a great team player, right? It, it isn't just about skill or talent or discipline, It's the ability to recover, right? And so negative things are gonna happen. For example, we had COVID-19 and it stopped the world in its tracks, right? And I watched Hollywood, this industry that I'm in, I watched it pivot. I watched it go, okay, is a problem, but we are very important to the health of the world because we're storytellers and we entertain people, we educate people, we heal people, and we inspire people. That's what the entertainers do, right? And I saw the entire industry pivot to how can we continue to create product that's going to help the world get through this COVID help the world be inspired to hang in there, wear the masks, use the hand sanitizer, whatever, you know, get the vaccines, whatever is going to help us get through this. How can we pivot and be positive to help the world be a better place? And so the entire industry pivoted and it was fascinating to watch how that happened. But for us personally, we have to create a personal response plan for yourself so that you can aim to bounce back fast. And again, this goes right back to what you just mentioned, the tools, right? So much of success in life comes from pre-thinking it, pre-think it out. Think about what happens. This, I, I say this to my clients in auditioning. You know, um, in the audition room, you go in and you're prepared to do a scene and very often you have what is called a reader. And the reader is the person that's going to be reading the other lines in the scene. And sometimes they hire a good actor to be the reader, in which case it's usually easier to work with them because they're a fellow actor and they understand how to pitch you the lines and and, and be in the moment with you. But sometimes your reader is a completely inexperienced person who doesn't know how to read a line and doesn't know how to give you a bounce back and be in the moment with you and jump into the circumstances. And so very often actors will complain after an audition, oh, my reader was terrible, right? And that was the reason I didn't get the part, because I'm going to blame it on someone. It's not me. It was my reader. Well, I say to them, you should prepare yourself so that when you go into that room, you're prepared for a bad reader. You're prepared that they're not going to give you back the energy that a normal actor would give you. And you can do that by saying, okay, if my reader is bad, here's the way I'm going to take it. And you can take that negativity and turn it into a positivity. This is the same thing as nerves. Like if you get nervous at a meeting, if you get nervous on stage, if you get nervous about speaking in public, nervous energy is an energy. And if you can recognize the energy, you can say, how can I use that energy to make me better? And if you think about it, you can always find a way to turn that energy into another kind of energy. It's just turning the energy just ever so slightly, just redirect the energy and it'll feed you and it'll carry you and it'll help you. So that's one of the ways that I help my clients get through that as well. It's about creating that personal response so that you can bounce back fast.
0: Okay. And just to clarify for those who may not understand the difference, how is planning and preparation different from perfection and control? Perfectionism and control
1: perfectionism and control that's a great question I think yeah, because, that yeah mm-hmm, go ahead well I, I, I think that per, 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 I think that both of those issues come from an idea of being perfect and being in control I want to control the situation so that I am okay that's a natural instinct I want to be perfect so that I'm the best that what that's out there so I think those are very natural instincts that give us a lot of positive energy. But if you're just leaning into those two things alone and you're not prepared for the arrows of life, then you're not living realistically because none of us can be in control all the time and none of us can be perfect Right? And a lot of the world's spiritual practices, and including meditation, are about letting go of perfectionism, letting go of control, allowing the world, the people around you, allowing the people that you love to be who they are and accepting them for who they are. Now, if they're a negative person, you can accept them for who they are, but that doesn't mean that you have to be around them. You can remove yourself from the situation, you can, you can, but you can accept them for who they are. So this need for perfectionism and control is actually a healthy element. But if that's all you're living into, then you're not allowing the other side of the quotient, which is that there is things that you can do to prepare. I I have a great story about one of my clients. He was having a hard time. He was a really handsome kid, and you know he was perfect for Hollywood. He was talented, and he was auditioning, and he just didn't seem to be able to break through. At every turn, at every corner, things just didn't happen for him. And he was having a really hard time with it, and so he called me up, and he said, Craig, can we have lunch? And I said, sure. And we went to lunch, and he just vented for about 15 minutes, and he just went on and on and on. And he ju- I said, just get it out, get it out. And he just went on and on. And as he was speaking, I thought to myself, how can I make this clear to him? What is an image that I can give him now that may be helpful? And in my mind, I saw a corkscrew, a sideways corkscrew. And I realized, and so when he finished, I said, hey, life is kind of like a sideways corkscrew. And he looked at me and I said, yes, yeah, sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down, but you're always moving forward. Hmm. Wow. And that, that really hit him. It stopped him. He, you know, He looked at me and he said, I can live with that. And I said, we all can live with that if you can embrace that. Sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down but we're always moving forward. And you know the DNA chains in science that you saw, they were spiraling, right? And I, and I have this secret um, sort of idea that, that the universe is actually a spiral because everything is round. The cells of our body are round. The sun is round. The earth is round. The moon is round. The, you know, all of the little particles, if you go down to an atom, is round. And so there's a roundness to the universe. There's a roundness to life. And we all know it. Sometimes we're up. Sometimes we're down. There's cycles. There's winter, spring, summer, fall. There's the natural cycles of our bodies have natural cycles. So if you can ad- admit that there's going to be times, you know, this this need for perfection and, and life has to always be positive, that is a, a little bit naive and, 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 and not... The truth, right? Life is always going to have a roundness to it. So if you're up today, great. Have fun being up today because you know that there's a possibility that tomorrow it might not be the same kind of day. It might be a little bit negative. And then when you're having a negative day, you don't have to drown in the negativity and say, oh, all my life is terrible. Everything's wrong. Because tomorrow you might have something positive happen that takes you up. So life is like a corkscrew. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, but you're always (laughs) moving forward.
0: That's so great. What a light bulb moment. That's, that's great. And it, and it was exactly what he needed to hear. And, you know, I mean, as coaches, we, we sometimes download the perfect information for our clients. I know that I do this a lot, you know, we, I don't know what I'm going to say that's going to hit them perfectly, but there's always something. And, I can't possibly know all of that. So I give a lot of credit to Spirit <laughs> for helping me yeah. with that. <clears throat> um, so what I learned in your book is that greatness takes, there's, that there's a process to greatness and that it, there's an effort to it um, and that it takes work. Because mm-hmm. we look at these, star, you know, these stars and we, we look at people who have been very successful in life and we think, wow, they've just got it all. you know, They've got mm-hmm. it and I'm never going to have that. But when we, when we learn about their lives, we, we hear how many times they got knocked down, how many failures they had before they got there. So I think it's really important that we um, talk about that as you know, one of the things that we end this show with. So what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I think you're absolutely right. Greatness doesn't come easily, right? Success doesn't come easily. There is an effort that you have to put in. You have to have a discipline and you have to have a focus. I have a formula. Maybe this will be fun to end with. Uh, I have a formula for success and it goes like this. And I'll take it slowly for you so you understand all the steps of it. But it's not that complicated. Discipline. Discipline plus time equals integrity. So that means that if you can make your disciplines, make your focus, figure out how you live the best day, how you get up your best, how you do a workout or a meditation or your yoga or the food you eat, the way that you live your life, the the discipline you have in your life, if you do that discipline over time, you will begin to have integrity. If you take that integrity and you take that and you give it that perseverance, in time, that integrity added with that perseverance will give you quality. And you take that quality now, and you add opportunity, and you will be successful. You may have to take a bunch of opportunities, but your quality always rises. And so that is my formula for success. Discipline plus time equals integrity. Integrity plus perseverance equals quality. Quality and opportunity equals success.
0: That's brilliant. I love that. Thank you. I love Thank that. You. you have a way of saying things so succinctly <laughs> that um, and very <laughs> very profound. Um, and and you know and you do that in your book. We talked about that a little bit um, uh, before we went on air. That. You know you wanted to really hone in on the important um things that you wanted to say to to actually help people in their acting career, and you have an axe for that, so I just wanted to acknowledge that <laughs>
1: well thank you randy thank you i A lot of the stuff that you're saying is is we're we're in alignment here, I think we're in the same brain zone <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Craig, what um, in the last few moments of the show, is there anything that you'd like to leave us with? I know you, we, you left us with that brilliant formula. Um, mm-hmm. so is there anything else you wanted to say?
1: Well, yeah, one last idea. You know how money has a compounding interest effect? You know, people uh, put their money into a savings account and the more money you put in, the more it accrues that, that compound interest.
0: The same yes. is
1: true about good habits. Good habits have the same compounding interest effect that money has. Money in the bank, money in an investment. We all, we've all learned about that in our investments, right? Well, good habits have the same exact results. So if you live with good habits and you recognize your habits that are good and you recognize your habits that aren't so good, if you can change your negative habits, habits into positive habits, you're on your road. You're on the way. You will have compounding interest and it will make your life better and better.
0: I got it. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so your book is The Actor's Mindset. Um, Acting yeah. is a credit discipline and business. So if anybody out there is, um, is an actor or, or a prospective actor or wants to be an actor, how would they contact you?
1: And also, I'll add in there anybody that's a family member of an actor as well. This book is great for people that don't understand what their actor is going through. The book is very full of information about how the industry works. And I think it's been an excellent book. A lot of my clients are saying that their parents are loving reading it because they understand uh, what they're going through. But thank you for asking. Um, Yes, uh, the book is available wherever good books are sold. And you can also access it through uh, my website. Which is the dot com, and then you just look for the button that says the book, and it'll lead you directly to the information on how to get a hold of the book.
0: Okay, and and I did to my listeners, I did read this book. Um, it's 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 a really easy re- read and a super interesting read. Um, I learned so much from this book about how um, how the art of acting works and how it you know what it takes to be successful. Uh, Craig really does. um, He does hit hit on all the most important things that we know. So it's interesting. So um, it is a good read. I recommend that you pick up a copy and check it out. Well, it's so great to have talked to you. Thank you for all your wisdom. Um, It's, you know, people who come to you are very fortunate because you are going... Not only are you going to teach them how to be successful in acting, but you're going to teach them how to be successful in life. Um, and uh, and you have great wisdom in that.
1: Well, thank you, Randy. I appreciate your kind words. And it's, it's been my life's journey, so I'm, I'm happy to be at the place where I can help others.
0: Yes, yes. Um, you know, when, when it is our life's journey, um, it is... You know, I know that it's really important for me to help others and and use what I've learned. Um, So I think that you're doing really great work. And um, and I thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Good.
0: Have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you. You too. Thank you, Randy.
0: Okay. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions, you can email me at at loveyourlifeatrandyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.